Carl Zinsmeister with Sweet Charity, a series of stories about how private giving solves public problems, adapted from the Philanthropy Roundtable's Almanac of American Philanthropy. In my last podcast, I described parts of a conversation I had with the board of an arts foundation about donating to things like music and theater. To help them understand the way a smart, artistic gift can brighten the world, I told the board members about a successful arts philanthropy operating just 60 miles from where we were sitting in New Hampshire. The McDowell Colony started as a retreat where America's first acclaimed composer, Edward McDowell, wrote much of his best music. When he became very ill, he told his wife he would like the property that had inspired so much good work to be set up as a charity where other artists could come and work on new creations. This vision quickly attracted support from donors like J.P. Morgan, Andrew Carnegie, and others. A series of cottages were set up across the lovely wooded New England setting. All day long, the artists were left in peace to write or compose or draft. Lunches arrived silently in picnic baskets placed at the front door of each cottage. This became America's first philanthropic artist colony and it sparked some powerful creativity. You have almost surely read, seen, or listened to some work that began life at this charitable entity. Leonard Bernstein's Mass, Music by Virgil Thompson, Thornton Wilder's play Our Town, the Willa Cather novel Death Comes for the Archbishop, Aaron Copeland's Billy the Kid, classic books by writers like James Baldwin, E.L. Doctorow, Louise Erdrich, Jeffrey Eugenides, or Al Siebold, musicals like Porgy and Bess, poems and paintings and symphonies. These are all fruits of the McDowell donors and founders. That same day as my meeting with the Dramatist Guild Foundation, serendipity transported me right into the middle of another potent product of arts philanthropy. I saw notices for what looked like an interesting concert in nearby Concord, New Hampshire. The moment the musicians walked onto the small stage, I knew I had stumbled into something wonderful. This was their opening number, a piece of religious music written in the early 1600s by a Mexican cathedral master. performers were from a new ensemble called Trident. It gathers together six tremendous voices trained at top philanthropically funded schools like the Peabody Conservatory and the Yale School of Music. Here is part of the last piece they sang at the concert, a medley of American folk tunes.
And why were these international quality musicians performing in a little New Hampshire town in a wonderfully intimate space where we were able to chat with them at length after the concert? Once again, you can thank Arts Philanthropy. A few years ago, Albert Tauber decided he wanted to create a different kind of artist colony, one for performing musicians. It would do for singing groups, jazz ensembles, and chamber groups what McDowell does for writers and composers. The donor bought a lovely farm and constructed a dormitory and a series of practice rooms and recording studios where the groups could hone their artistic identities. He called it the Avalok Farms Music Institute. Every year now, more than 70 ensembles are invited to spend time at Avalok. The facility is now building a new wing that will allow it to host even more artists, including larger groups like small orchestras. As part of their participation in this charitable venture, the groups give concerts in the surrounding New Hampshire communities. That's how I stumbled on those marvelous voices who were at Avalok for a few weeks to refine their sound and cut a recording. At the end of a speech that I mentioned in my last podcast, musical dean Carl Polnack challenged his students to treat their art as much more than entertainment. Here's what he told them. If we were a medical school, you'd take your work very seriously because you would imagine that some night at 2 a.m., someone is going to waltz into your emergency room and you're going to have to save their life. Well, my friends, someday at 8 p.m., someone is going to walk into your concert hall and bring you a mind that is confused, a heart that is overwhelmed, a soul that is weary. Whether they go out whole again will depend partly on how well you do your craft. Being a musician is a lot closer to a paramedic, a firefighter, a rescue worker. You're here to become a sort of therapist for the human soul, someone who works with our insides to see if they can get things to line up, making people healthy and happy and well. Think about that the next time someone tells you that it's wrong to donate money to a symphony or an art museum or a cathedral when there are so many needy poor in the world. All people need healing for their souls, and donors do more than any other force in society to provide balm to our spirits. For Sweet Charity, this has been Carl Zinsmeister. And for more tales from the Almanac of American Philanthropy, find the book at Amazon in either the authoritative full-length version or our convenient new compact edition updated to 2017.